Okay, all right. Welcome to How to Be a Texan. Tonight we are going to talk about Mexican relations, yeah. and uh, we have a special guest tonight. So this is Kyle. We've got Kevin. How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. And we've got our new friend, Carlos. He's hey, not a uh, new friend. He's an old friend. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> an, an old new friend. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. This is cool. I like yeah. this. Yeah, we're proud to be Texan. Proud to have you on. Yeah, so we got Carlos Palacio here today. Thank you, longtime friend of the Holder family. Yep, and owner of Trio Craft Coffee. Yeah, little coffee shop, and I have a a newborn at home, so uh, we're keeping things simple—just work and baby. Work and baby. So this is fun. This is my fun right here. When was the last time you actually slept? Um, you know, this baby has been really good. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, but she does get up every three hours. She's a yeah. little clock. Yeah. Um, so at least I know she's getting up in three hours. Um, so I take little naps. Like I feel like I'm in boot camp or in the army. <laughs> you know, like I just feel like yeah, it's just, it's just raining outside and I'm on duty and yep. you know with my rifle on and take a little na- power nap and then go. <laughs> So back to it. I, w- I want to ask you guys a few things. So about Mexico. See, I, so Kev, you know, we've been we've been around Texas our whole life, mm-hmm. and um, and you know, we, so first of all, Carlos, why don't you give us a little history on you, and then I'll yeah. go into kind of some of the fun stuff I want to talk about mm-hmm. Mexico. Yeah. So I'll I'll kind of uh, start. Uh, you know, cut me off if I'm talking too much. But uh, born in Mexico City, um, and uh, so in the seventies. It was really weird, you know, even for Mexico. I, you know, it's weird because everybody talks about diversity right now and all that. Like, man, I think Latin countries are the least diverse, mm-hmm. period. Like, it, you know, there's only Mexicans out there. Nobody wants to move there. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ta-da, <cha-da. laughs> yeah. No, there, there are some Europeans, but those guys are funky, so like, I, they don't count. Um, no, so born in Mexico City. My dad's from Colombia, so he was uh, a professional soccer player. He was selected for uh, the Olympics and hurt his knee. He couldn't make it. Oh, wow. Uh, but he actually made the trip to uh, Mexico, and I really think he moved illegally. Hmm. But, you know... Illegally from Colombia to, to Mexico? Mexico because we don't have a wall. Um, and uh, <laughs> so I, you know, like I don't know how he worked it out, but anyway, so he fell in love with my mother. Uh, she's from Mexico, and uh, so we were there. And then uh, um, when we were little, they decided to move back to Colombia, which, by the way, Mexico City is kind of like the New York of mm-hmm. Latin America. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. just packed, urban, you know, chaotic. Um, he, I'd love to go there. Have you ever been in there, Kyle? No. I haven't either. I'd love to go there. My what? dad's been there several times. Really? Yeah. So let me know. Like, we can make that happen. Oh, really? Yeah. That would be awesome. Because my parents are there. We'll, you know, we'll definitely, like, even probably provide a place and all that whenever Sweet. you guys are ready. Awesome. And you need a tour because it's chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's fun. It's a good, it's a good place. So uh, my dad is from a little fisher town in Colombia. So night and day, hmm. like we moved there. Everybody in the family hated it. Uh, and then we got into it because it was like a little port beach town so in the second, Caribbean. Let me make sure I'm tracking here. Yeah. I'm kind of slow. So. Your dad was selected. He, your dad was from Colombia, selected yeah. for the Olympics. Yes, ended up in Mexico. Met yeah. your mom there. You yeah. were born in Mexico. Yes, but then y'all went back to Colombia. Yeah. Uh, so we were born in Mexico. I have uh, uh, 
two other civil siblings. We mm -hmm. were. Um, I'm the middle child, and I was, uh, I think, seven years, mm -hmm. and then we moved, stayed in Colombia, f you know, for a few years, and then uh, moved back to Mexico City as an early teenager, um, graduated from high school there, and then uh, I made my way to, my, my uncle was, I have some family here in the U.S., and he was teaching Spanish uh, in the university, and, and uh, just kind of got, got, uh, plugged in there mm. and started school in Washington State. And oh, wow. so was he teaching in Washington? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah at University was, of Washington? Mm -hmm. or? Uh, no, it was a uh, community college. Community college? Yeah, Wenatchee uh, Valley College. Cool. There. And, and but that's, was, that's different in Pacific Northwest, isn't it? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Harder. Totally different, too. Yeah. It was crazy. But it, it's funny, though, because we were kind of in the countryside and it's. You know, and and you always think of you know uh, Texas, kind of uh, you know the first picture that comes is cowboy countries, mm -hmm. and there there was an element of that there. Oh yeah, there totally is. Yeah, and it is beautiful country. Yeah, it and is. The, the, yeah, yeah. So we were like around the apple orchards and, mm -hmm. and all that, which I mean. It's funny, but a lot of Mexicans too, because all the apple orchards yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, you know all the farming there is just. I mean, that's all kind of well, that's know, a labor labor force. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. labor force. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was a Spanish teacher, and he also worked for the unemployment office, which mm -hmm. was pretty interesting to get like an insight there <laughs> uh, <laughs> on on you know how things work. Yeah, but yeah. And then how'd you get down here? Um, so we decided to move. I decided to start a, like, well, family. I have a bunch of family south of Fort Worth um, and wanted to, number one, um, couldn't do the winters and wanted to start school. Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to like kind of settle somewhere and start like going to school and build a career and, mm -hmm. and all that. So so one kind of fascinating uh, sociological experiment I like to do is to, you know, ask someone kind of, you know, so you've obviously lived in a lot of different places, yeah. right? But if somebody comes up to you and just says, hey, man, you know, where are you from? Yeah. Yeah. How, how do you answer that? Yeah. So that's always a tricky question because I, I don't know if they're trying to get, obviously they hear an accent, mm -hmm. which I don't think I have an accent. But I, I think you know, I think it's a cool accent. I'll yeah, say, thank I'll, you, thank you. you it's right a cool now. accent. Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing because I I think I speak how I hear, mm -hmm. and I I think I'm speaking the same words that I'm hearing. But mm -hmm. obviously, there's something there that I'm not uh, like I internally don't hear myself with an accent. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so um, I, it's always tricky because I'm not sure whether if they're trying. Like I have to figure out really quickly. Mm -hmm. Are they asking me where I was born, where I live, uh, where I have been, uh, you know, or like what are they trying to find out about me with that question? Mm -hmm. But I always, because it was always complicated, because I, I always answered it like a 15 minute answer. <laughs> I was born here and my parents are from there, you know, but uh, I kind of defaulted at some point and saying, where do I feel home? Mm -hmm. where, where is home? And, and Texas is home. Mm -hmm. So I always have my standard answer is like, uh, born in Mexico City. My father's from Colombia, but I'm Texan. You're now. a Texan. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, this is home. Mm -hmm. uh, this is home. Yeah. Very cool. That is cool. Well, good. Um, well, I, I love the accent. I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you what, one of the, I, I'll jump right into it. One of the benefits... I think that we get as Texans from having Mexico as a neighbor. I really want to spend some time on that one. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, 
that's really the the crux of of this discussion. Not only having having our friend Carlos with us, but but really talking about the benefits of of being the next door neighbor to Mexico. You mm-hmm. know, we talked a couple of weeks ago about you know how many Mexicans are there. Well, Siri says or Alexis says there's anywhere from 124 to 130 million of them, mm-hmm. and we've got a ton of them. In our 27 million Texans, we got a ton of them here in mm-hmm. the state with us. Matter of fact, and I I don't have well, I wish I had the facts on it, but we are getting to be a largely Hispanic 27 million, hmm. you know. So when you when you look at the tipping point, typically you you think of the Anglo's being you know dominant in in that, and um, it's really a Hispanic you know dominant culture now. So mm-hmm. I tell my kids, you know, if and I've made them all take Spanish. I'm like, if you're going to live in California, if you're going to live in Florida, Arizona, or Texas, mm-hmm. you need to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I just yeah. got in an argument with one of my 14-year-olds, you know, because we were talking about how I used to play soccer, and I coached him for years and years and years, and I had eight of my 11 starters on that soccer team were Spanish-speaking mm-hmm. boys. So I spoke Spanish to that team all the time. Mm-hmm. And my son would be like, Dad, speak English. I'm like, dude, why? The whole, thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, the I mean, majority you know, of the team, yeah. So I that think language. that's one of the benefits, of, mm-hmm. you know, is we have such a prevalence of of uh, Spanish speaking here that it, you know, it it makes us be less self centered in my mind mm-hmm. yeah. about being oh, well, it's English only all the time. You go to Europe somewhere, and those people are speaking seven, eight languages mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. every day. Yeah, you know, because there's such a melting pot there. Yeah, and I, I guess you know, not getting political or anything, and you could argue things, you know. Different ways. It's like, why do I have to learn a lot different language? You know, we're we're everybody should learn English. You know, they're here, but um, but you know, I. But think, I will say this: I think I think people that come here mm-hmm. that don't speak English, yeah, do a much better job of learning English than us yeah. here who should be learning Spanish because yeah. it's all around us, oh, right? I agree. Yeah. I, so, so I think the problem is more on. The English speaker side, not yeah. you know, oh, yeah. no, they're, they're still, not embracing there's still it. that attitude. Of, You're an American. You need to speak American. <laughs> yeah. Well, which I mean, I, you know, you gotta validate that. There's some truth to that. Like, there's just has to be an effort. I think there's also the welcoming, you know, part of it. But man, just get above that and oh, ge- yeah. geographically and and the benefits of even speaking another language. That's right. Uh, how you know how much opportunity opens up. Um, how much you know diversity opens up, and, That's right. and, and diversity mm-hmm. not in the sense of for the sake of diversity, but diversity that enriches your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Back, back to this. Now, there's a lot of things about that are just funky, and, and I, you know, Kevin and I agreed a long time ago that we wouldn't get too terribly political. <laughs> uh, and, and, and you know, Mexico, as we know, has some unique things going on with it right now. You know, with and we can talk about, and we'll bring up the wall in a bit, but but just in general. You know, the, the we will build a great wall along the southern border. <laughs> there you go. That's wow. our, that's I, our didn't know, I didn't know you were going to go full I, Donald I, Trump on me. I, Come on. I, I, that was not me. That was Kevin dropping. <laughs> Thank you, computer. But yes, we, we, we clearly are in the midst of a political um, thing with the wall. And, and that in itself is interesting. But you look at, at a couple other issues that are enmeshed in that. And immigration is a big one. Mm-hmm. And, and why do you even have the need for a wall if there is a need for a wall? But then you have, um, you know, just what's going on in Mexico. So, Carlos, you're kind enough to say, hey, come down to Mexico City with our parents. Well, 
the the issue right now is, and so I'm in El Paso all the time right now. I'm working again in healthcare, and so I'm out in El Paso. And they get on, they yell at me, and they're like, "Kyle, you can't go over to Juarez." I'm like, "Why not? It's beautiful. I want to go over there and have lunch or or whatever." And they're <laughs> yeah. like, "Dude, you can't do that." And it's because of what? It's because of the crime, yeah, and some of the corruption that's known right well, now. So, what is the difference? Do you think, Carlos? Why yeah. can't they? Do they not have the right? Uh, funding for police forces, or is it just yeah. complete control by the cartels? What, what, what's going? What is the difference? Uh, I'll, I mean, Kyle, you, you listen to some podcasts about this. It's complicated. It is. Mm -hmm. um, it really goes back to this side of the world was colonized by Spaniards, uh, or at least the yeah yeah, and including Texas. Texas mm -hmm. used to be part of uh, uh, Mexico. Sorry, yep. guys. <laughs> no, trust me. We uh, we learned that in Texas history. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I'm oh. and that's another thing I'd love to hear from you at some point. Yeah. We we always learn Texas history and kind of that whole story. Yeah. And I guess with the Texas spin on it, yeah. it'd be interesting to know what kind of you guys were yeah. taught in school about that. Oh. But that's a second topic, right? But finish yeah. this. Definitely. So, um, so you have indigenous people being conquered by... Uh, what we would consider civilized, uh, you know, culture. Um, so Spaniards came, you know, they did their thing, uh, colonized, and at some point uh, we wanted independence and revolution and independence. And, and that's a story of all the continent of America, mm -hmm. right? Whether right. you're Britain or, um, you know, any other part of the world, friends. Um, so Except for Canada, yeah, just, yeah, just Canada, like just Which whatever. Props, <laughs> like props. We'll, we'll report to anybody. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um, so, uh, on, at a sudden break, you have people that were not ready to lead lead a country, mm -hmm. and weren't ready, and they didn't have the maturity uh, to right. Um, so. You know, you you have you were under a colony that has years and years of experience in governing, uh, in structure, in authority, uh, and then all of a sudden you have basically. I mean, the guy that started the whole independence and revolution, you know, clergy like mixed Indian guys with not a lot of education. So mm -hmm. um, so what you have... Now, the, the history book won't tell you that, but what you have is, you know, I mean, people trying to lead a country and in that... Um, I mean, I guess the, you know, and this is where I land, the, you know, the, the humanity and the nature of man of, you know, greed and all those things just start, you know, kind of bleeding into the, the structure because all of a sudden you have... You know, I mean, shoot, I got to lead a country, you know, I'm president. Hey, Kevin, you're my buddy, you know, come here and, you know, can you do these? And, you know, Kyle, uh, you know, can you take care of, you Mucho know. dinero. Yeah, yeah. And then you have your friends and, you know, and then just it starts, you know. So it's very, like, it's very from there, mm -hmm. you know. So it's a culture that it's just really hard to, you know. Uh, like, now you're looking at a day, a today without any context and you're thinking you're an a-hole and you're a greedy, you know, uh, politician, but y you know, it's, it's hard to unlink it from all that, mm -hmm. you know? And so what's different about what happened there versus what happened in the States mm -hmm. in your opinion? Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, that 
that would be a good. Um, I mean, I have a theory, but I'm curious yeah. what your what your. Um, I've is. never really kind of questioned that. I think um, you know, I think I think it's just you know providential and and really you know blessed uh, um, country, uh, but. Um, you know, I, I, it's probably because of the top, like the people that you had probably starting to lead that country. They weren't, you know, missionaries that, you know, still weren't, you know, educated or in, in tune with, you know, uh, the laws and the, the basics of, um, you know, life, liberty mm-hmm. and, you know, dignity of man and yep. all those things, gotcha. you know. So they weren't... You know, there were there were Catholic Indian priests, and 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 I don't say this in a derogatory way. It's just the way it was. So think of like how it would have happened if you had um, the Apaches or the Native Americans kind of start leading the country. That's exactly where I was going to go with it. So yeah. yeah, not that that is necessarily bad. I mean, I think there's pros and cons to yeah. both. Because I, I think again, not being I, derogatory. Yeah, I, but I think just, what happened here yeah. was a lot of that culture has been just completely, you know, wiped off the map. Right. Right. It, in exchange for, you know, this new you know structure with stability and rule of law and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So it's kind of like I think the U.S. is a, you know one extreme, but then if you look at Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, the way the Spanish kind of interacted with the locals was very different than what happened up here, mm-hmm. right? And, and in fact, we touched on this in, in uh, one of our previous episodes on, you know, the Texas frontier and kind mm-hmm. of everything that was going on there. But what ended, at the end of the day, like if you sit here right now in this moment mm-hmm. and you look at it, so yeah, U.S., you know, stable government, you know, stable police force, mm-hmm. you know, things are cool. Absolutely almost zero culture yeah. At all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at Mexico, and Mexico is constantly being recognized on the world stage because of all the culture that's been yeah, maintained there. Look at all the ruins that are there. Look at mm-hmm. the, you know, the cuisine is a mm-hmm. world, classified as a world treasure now. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, you've, you've got all of that, mm-hmm. but then in exchange for lack of stability, yeah. right? Maybe there was a way to accomplish both, and we kind of both missed, missed the, mark. the mark. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I yeah. really don't know if it's well, even possible. I, 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 I think I think that's kind of happening right now. Mm-hmm. Over the last couple of decades in Mexico, they've really done. Uh, you know, they've democratized uh, in Mexico, and and we're seeing a bit more free trade and a bit more entrepreneurialism. Mm-hmm. And, a, and and the thing that has freed um, our Mexican brothers and sisters, believe it or not, is the internet. Mm-hmm. It, it has enabled people, um, and I know it sounds crazy, but um, the the history that I got, and I'm certainly no historian on on you know, or, or no expert on Mexican history, but but what I read, and, and I, I I listen to this podcast, it's called the Mexico Podcast: History and Present by a guy named Brandon Springer. He lives in Mexico, and and he he, he did a nice job explaining exactly what you just said mm-hmm. you, you nailed it it was it was really good to and this guy did it in two 20-minute podcasts so I, mm-hmm. again i'd encourage you to listen to it that's awesome because what he talked about was how britain and spain had their approaches to world domination and what 
Britain wanted to do was do exactly what Spain did through their monarchy. Hmm. The, and they did it through this thing which I call imperialism and extractionism. So the extractionism was the Spanish went in and they conquered uh, these lands like Mexico or around Costa Rica or Venezuela or wherever, and they conquered that, and they had a subservient people that were in dense cities like hmm. the Incans or the Aztecs or the Mayans. They would conquer those people and convert them to slaves, which was bad. Um, the, so the, the Brits did that. They came into North America. They got kind of what was left over, which was North America, the much less fertile land. Everybody wanted the, the, the stuff that the Spaniards already had. And there was no great population basis there. Mm -hmm. So what they had to do is they ended up having to bring in carpenters and blacksmiths from Britain over, from the U.K. over. Um, and then just by force of not having people to work it, they created these entrepreneurial things and said, well, you've, if you're going to eat, you have to work. And that was not the case down in Mexico and Venezuela, et cetera, where they said, oh, we've got this subservient population. They're working on our behalf, and we're extracting the value, namely gold, and we're sending it back to the king. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did. And so there was always the way it's set up, and it flourished, and it flourished for a, a, a period of time, and then it, it faltered where this extractionism was, uh, I have a series of families that are going to rule. They're going to rule over kind of these um, the slave labor, unfortunately. And we're not going to allow kind of that entrepreneurialism and that individual flourishing to occur. As opposed to the British colonies that had to. They could trade amongst each other, uh, and they had to. And we weren't kind of taxing everything until then you saw the American Revolution and, and that taxation without representation was really the base of it, you know, that kind of was the linchpin of it all. But what we had was we wanted to have Mexico and Colombia be able to trade with each other. Mm -hmm. And the monarchy back in Spain did not allow it. They said they had their thumbprint all over and they said, yeah. no, you can't do it. Yeah. And that is the kind of the underlying premise of why we still have today kind of the, this elitism and extractionism mentality of the family's rule. And, and now what I'm saying is that I think we're seeing the opening, the doors cracking wide open for Mexico in general to have more of a free trade environment, to have more of these small businesses flourish, and some of this family corruption and control I think it's going to be there for decades still to go, but I think we're seeing it start to mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, sorry, yeah. Sorry to preach about that. But no, the, you're good. It, it was really fascinating. No, it makes sense. And, and there really was, there really is no concept of quote unquote the founding fathers of mm -hmm. Mexico, right? Whereas you know yeah. the United States it was it was founding over, fathers of the colonies, and yeah. they created the Decla you know the Declaration of Independence, yeah. and yeah. you know those things. There was no concept of that. Yeah. But the extractionism thing is is spot on, right? Yeah. Because it was not only gold. It was also things like uh, chocolate. Oh yeah, just and resources. vanilla. Yeah, mm -hmm. things that that we had never even seen before. Right, yeah. right. If you think about everything that the world gained mm -hmm. through that, I, and I've and I've drilled into this. Mm -hmm. We had no concept of think about think about life without chocolate, mm -hmm. vanilla. It'd be tough for me. Corn, <laughs> potatoes. Yeah, I like all that. Stuff. Chili peppers. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any of that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff came from that exercise Exchange. that you're describing when yeah. the Spaniards came in. And, and, and there was another, like, you know, I, 
so we're into coffee a lot, but there was another exchange the other way. Like you get, you know, we got coffee, mm-hmm. um, you know, as an example and, and other things. So, uh, but, you know, again, very interesting. And, and I think you got, you have to mention that just to set it up to understand, you know, kind of a lot of the issues that are happening right now, mm-hmm. you know, with, well, uh, between, I, you know, US and, and Mexico and what, you know how you know texas and and all that i mean i i think texas has a rich culture when you're looking at just the united states you know right. you got all that food mm-hmm. and stuff it's amazing oh yeah um yeah well and i think that's the that's one thing that's really really cool about texas is you kind of get both of the because we clearly were part of mexico and there's yeah. you know the whole history of that yeah yeah and so you get really some really cool combinations of cultures for sure you know you've got the mexican cultures and mm-hmm. then you've got the whole then the cattle thing and mm-hmm. so then you've got the american cowboys but then yeah. you got the vaqueros right. from mexico yeah. and you know kind of how yeah. those interact and then you start you know adding um yeah, but you, st- you start adding kind of <laughs> taking mexican cuisine and let's throw that on top of beef and oh, suddenly yeah. we get tex-mex Beans, right yeah yeah, yeah. you know so um yeah, I love that. And I was going to say also like music. So uh, you right. don't know these because you don't understand, you know, s- like Spanish and, and in regards to like just music. But a lot of like what I call ca- like country Mexican mm-hmm. music that sounds really cheesy and like everybody hates but recognizes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, it's built structurally very similar to country. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like they're stories, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like they're... Um, you know, they're talking about, you know, their girlfriends, their beer, mama. their dogs, their mm-hmm. mama. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just that. Like, it's a very, oh, like, yeah. I would compare it maybe not sonically, um, but I would compare it structurally and content-wise to country music. Yeah. Now, are you talking traditional Mexican kind of folk music or are you talking Tejano, so Tejano the- music? Yeah, I'm talking like Tejano music. Tejano music. Yeah, like that's so you see you see that in a lot of the northern Mexico. I I, I think the northern Mexico part of Mexico it's very Texas like. Like it almost feels like it should be Texas, mm-hmm. you know? Uh in some ways like you have the same kind of desert like um you know, uh, country, and uh, now I, I think the U.S. has done a better job to like nurture and flourish and all that, you know. But you have a lot of like, you know, very countryish, uh, mm-hmm. and and you had a lot of European influence in that area as well. So you had a lot of German and, um, excuse me, um, German, Spanish. So a lot of blonde, blue-eyed Mexican mm-hmm. in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's same for Texas, you know. Yeah. When you start getting down into central Texas, you yeah. see the German influence, the Czech yeah. influence, Kalashi. the Danish influence, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even some of the Tejano-style uh, music kind of has a polka kind of feel to yeah. it, right? Yeah, it has an accordion. Yeah, and uh, you start to realize, if yeah. you step back and listen to it, you're like, whoa, wait a second. This yeah. Literally, this is polka, but with yeah. Spanish. Yeah, by by the way, accordion is not a Mexican instrument. No, it's, it's not. It's a German. It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then the trumpets, too, you know, like, yeah, so... 
Um, well, so one, one of the one of the biggest contributions, I think, you know, beyond kind of the food to to Texas culture today, which people come, you know, when they come to Texas, Kevin, I know they tell us, hey, take us to you know, kind of the best Tex-Mex place. Mm-hmm. And then we're actually seeking out the best authentic Mexican, Yeah, you know, because we truly want that. And, and it's a, it, it's kind of not as nacho cheesed up, you know. Exactly. Well, and I told Carlos this recently because I kind mm. of did a deep dive yeah. into <laughs> learning how to cook traditional right. Mexican food. Right. And one of the reasons that I really got into that, and I I don't know if it was like this when you were growing up, but where I was at growing up, we would go to Mexican restaurants, and literally there was almost two doors, one for the gringos, Mm. and then one where my parents would say, don't eat in there because you can't handle the heat. (laughs) You can't eat that stuff. It's so hot, it's going to burn the hair off your face. Only, Only Mexicans go in that on that side of the restaurant. Huh. And so I never had, you know, legitimate, oh, authentic Mexican food growing up. It was always Tex-Mex. Wow. Until I've been, you know, now I start figuring out things as an yeah. adult. I'm like, there is a whole deep yeah. cuisine that you can yeah. really get into. And I've learned a lot just in talking to Carlos. Yeah. And he shared family recipes with me, which are phenomenal. Yeah. Last yeah. time we had you over, I cooked a pig. Yeah, the pastor was amazing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honestly, best pastor I've had here. Uh, like, I just think, like, even Mexicans miss the mark on that. They just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, your pastor is legit. Yeah, so you're right, Kyle. Yeah, yeah once you kind of get past the layer of cheese and start actually right. delving into traditional flavors, yeah, it's an I, amazing cuisine. Yeah, because I think when I think of kind of authentic Mexican, I, I don't think of like the ghost peppers and just mm-hmm. all peppered up. I think about kind of the, the pure meats, the way they cook it. Mm-hmm. And the barbacoa and all that. I mean, yep. it's it's yeah. a, good stuff. It's just a it's a pure you know because we you know we junk it up and mm-hmm. we put cheese on everything and then we're like oh well, that's Tex Mex you know yep. so yeah. Yeah. air salsa yeah, yeah. Tex Mex yeah that's right so um, but but the other thing salsa is now the number one condiment in America. Do you know why? Because people like to say salsa. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, do you have any salsa? We need more salsa. Where's the salsa? No salsa. There you go. That's hilarious. Salsa. I love saying salsa. 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 Um, Yeah, and and it's crazy because I don't don't think we get that geeky in Mexico about these, but like salsas. I mean, you go to the store and, and, and now that there's been a push for kind of local and crafty, like you can go to places and like, you know, some guy has uh, his salsa recipe, and like they're bottling up. In fact, in the, in uh, at the shop, we started selling uh, breakfast tacos, mm-hmm. and one of the salsas we get it from a customer's mom. She's a teacher. She's about to retire. Uh, has a wonderful red salsa, wow. mm-hmm. and uh, she's starting to bottle it up. And I was like, "Give me some; it's really good." Um, so <laughs> I get, anyway, I, I, yeah. get a, I get a feeling that it's, uh, and you know, I've got to tie in a South Louisiana reference here, but <laughs> but you know, when I was living out there, running a hospital out in South Louisiana, I was I, they would bring me all kinds of food, and jambalaya was one of the, the things that they would bring, and I'd be like, "Hey, how, how do you cook that?" And be like, "Dude, we can't tell you that. That's a family <laughs> recipe." I got a feeling with some of the sauces; yeah. those are. Fam- Family recipes. Oh, well, yeah. You're not going to get those. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that, you know, unlike everything, sometimes you get a bad experience because people are not careful or, or caring. 
um, you know, so I, I feel like sometimes I go out and the salsas are not done with love and care. That's you right. Know? Yeah. But you find a really good, authentic Mexican oh, yeah. place and no, then you can so tell. Good. You can it's tell, so yeah. But to your point about simplicity, some of the best salsas are just keep it simple. Oh, yeah. Simple, you know, keep yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. The kiss principle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the other, the other thing that I, I, I saw as far as, I mean, there's a ton of influence that Mexico has over Texas. One of the things that just smacks you in the face are just the names that we have here of mm -hmm. cities mm. and counties and all that. So when you think yeah. of San Antonio, El Paso, Bear County, Mahia, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many, you can't, I mean, we just say it. And, and then people that come in here, they're like, oh, where, where do you live? Mexia? No, it's Mahia. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you know, that's funny. Oh yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Oh, yeah. It's all over, California, all over California, California as well. California, yeah. Mexico, Arizona. Yeah. One other uh, contribution uh, that Mexico has to Texas, we have Zorro, a Latin superhero. Nice. Yeah, is he from that? Mexico? Well, that's what it. Yeah, he was an elitist, and he uh, he put the mask on and stood for the common man. Dude, but I, in Mexico, Zorro. Yeah. I, yeah. Are no, you sure he was in Mexico? I think so. I looked it up, and that I was a contribution. There was a movie oh, about yeah. the Zorro. Zorro. I, I think they need to make it. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. Zorro. Of all the stuff. No, no, no. I looked it. I looked it up. It's like, what did what did Mexico contribute to Texas? It said Zorro. Zorro. Give I me love Zorro. <laughs> Riding on a train on a black horse, man. How can you beat that? Mexican <laughs> Mexican wrestling too. Oh, oh. yeah. 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 What was that Jack Black movie? Yeah. <laughs> Nacho Libre. Oh, that's the best. That is a movie I've seen oh a couple times. Oh There's a first for everything. That's funny. There's Get that corn out of uh, my face. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a first. But yeah. I do want to know about how you guys were taught history uh -huh. growing up in Mexico. Yeah. Specifically about the Mexico-Texas connection. Because yes. we were taught... You know, kind of Texas history is taught here in a big yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Right. And in fact, a lot of states don't even have a quote history class. Texas yeah. has multiple semesters oh, of Texas and, history. And, and, awesome. and Carlos, before you answer, we're taught <laughs> that Mexico's evil and yeah. Santa Ana is the devil. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, 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 you know? I don't think. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, I was taught that that Santa Ana and his seven thousand. Yeah. You know, I they just were like terrible. it when you say Santa Ana. Santa Ana. Like, that's how my grandpa <laughs> said Santa Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Ana. No, Santa Ana. And uh, and we came up with that battle of Gonzales and yeah. uh, you know the come and take it uh, cannon flag. Yeah. And, and then we've got Love the. It. I mean, one of the greatest gifts from Mexico to Texas is the Alamo itself. Even yeah. though we lost some great men there, but yeah. still, yeah, it, it is a rally call, and I mm. think. I think that's one of the the things that gives Texans that kind of that sense of pride is hey, yep. we started small but strong and yeah. we're going to stay that way. So anyway, no, that's a perception, a yeah, a bad one, but it, it's a perception. Yeah. Did you guys learn Texas history? Um, so by learning Mexico history mm -hmm. and right. Santana, Santa Ana, Santa. Car <laughs> Carlos Santana, yeah, <laughs> he came uh, a few years later. So we are as bitter, um, you know, like. If you had to name an evil president from Mexico, it'd be Santana. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are as, as bitter about Santana. Yeah. He was a terrible guy. I mean, not Santana. Santana. Yeah. Santa Ana. Santa Ana. <laughs> See, now you got me saying Santana. Um, so, One of the greatest guitar players to ever lived. Yeah, yeah. He's good. <laughs> um, so you guys were bitter about 
Santa yeah. Anna. Yeah, yeah. Have you had like? Because he was an evil dude. I've read that. He was terrible. He was I terrible mean, to the Mexican terrible. people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh, just power hungry, and you know, uh, yeah. So Santana, bad president. It's it's definitely Santa taught. Anna. Yeah, <laughs> Santa Anna. <laughs> so, uh, so he's he's taught really in the history books. Not not a good president. Okay. A lot of of bad for the country. I think. Mexicans have an affection to which, Texas, which which all adds up, right? I mean, because we were part of Mexico, yeah. and we just didn't randomly, you yeah. know, wake up one day and say, "Ah, we'll secede." Yeah, you know, clearly he was a bad dude. Yeah, right. And we were the part of Mexico that said, "We're out of here." Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. We're not putting up with that. We yeah. want to be part of the U.S. anyway. Right. You know. Yeah, and or and, actually, we want to be our own country is what we wanted at I, that time. I will say, San Antonio's not not, <clears throat> um, you know, Alamo's not. Taught a lot, maybe mentioned, but not taught a lot, you know. Uh, but a lot of the blame is from, uh, you know, yes, from him selling for pennies uh, all this land. Yeah. Like, you, you know, and, and, and in putting into context, he was like, it's a desert. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. Like, right. he, he was just, he was trying to make deals and, you know, um, Benefit uh, himself, and and he sold, you know, California, uh, New Mexico, Texas. Oh, that's all a that bad real estate move for yeah. pennies. Yeah, <laughs> for pennies. Um, you know, interestingly enough, a lot of the, you know, Spaniards and a lot of Europeans that were kicked out kind of moved to you know that border of Texas, and mm-hmm. there was a lot of. That's why in New Mexico you see a lot of like that architecture style, which is the. Um, the you know the the kind of Mexican style adobe mm-hmm. yeah. type houses and right. all that. So a lot of that, you know, they kind of move there. And um, to answer your question, I think from 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 our from my standpoint, and this is again just a practical standpoint. So that's kind of the history I know and, and kind of the feeling you got when you were taught, you know, about uh, you know uh, history of Mexico. Like the, the you know you can boil it down to. You had a stupid president, and and he sold the land for pennies. Mm. Um, so there's a bit of you know that that animosity towards him is not really mm-hmm. towards the U.S. or anything. Um, mm. I, I think really Mexican people have an affection to Texas because it's similar, mm-hmm. um, and even just as a modern age. Do uh, you have a lot of Cowboys fans mm-hmm. uh, in Mexico? I remember watching the Super Bowl, you know, uh, where uh, Eggman and, and all those guys. I mean, which is crazy because, it, like, American football is not a sport in mm-hmm. Latin America. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. zero. Uh, you have little pockets here and there of people that try to start something and play it, but... Uh, but everybody watches the Super Bowl, and you know, everybody were, knows about the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there were several years in a row where Jerry Jones would have a game in Mexico City, yeah, like a, pre, a preseason game. Well, it's smart because you, uh, you know, you you go into Mexico City and you see advertisements of, um, you know, you see, um, uh, you. I think I saw I saw Romo on mm-hmm. on a you know on a Spanish billboard, mm-hmm. you know. All in Spanish, and you know it's crazy. I mean, but you but know that just goes to the greatness of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, because, <laughs> I you know, agree. The, the Houston Texans are closer to I'm, Mexico. I know no, nobody cares about another them, good do they? reason. Well, their name. I mean, they Cowboys. Don't care. It's Dallas yeah. Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, uh, Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and uh, so I think there is an affection of of Texas. I mean, I you know, 
uh, I think so. For example, my dad, he's he's a bit of a history. He likes history and and whatnot. And um, I mean, he knows about all the JFK thing, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and he's really in tune with that, and always been fascinated by that. Hmm. Uh, and there does was, he know the real story? I mean, do you guys get the real story down there? Yeah, do they so keep it from us up here? So we've gone yeah, to yeah. the <laughs> yeah, we've gone to the sixth floor many times, <laughs> but you know, he remembers actually riding his bicycle, and 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 it, it just impacted, you know. All, all the world. Really, yeah. That. Oh, that's you, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy to to kind of know his perspective. He was like, um, he was I, in Colombia. He the was time. in Colombia. He he was riding his bike, um, and he said that you know the the tank kind of went dead. He was like, what's going on? Went into the house, and they were all listening in the radio, and and hmm. you know about about JFK thing, and wow. and he always has that to like related to Texas and mm-hmm. Dallas. So. Uh, so he loves going to the Sixth Floor Museum, which uh, I'm so glad they have a Spanish kind of oh, uh, yeah. voiceover mm-hmm. little tour. It's good. Uh, so he was able to partake on that, and he loved it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you guys haven't been to the Sixth Floor, it's amazing. Yeah. I hate to admit it, but I've never done it. Dude, it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I've worked in downtown for 20-something years. Yeah. Man, no. it's such <laughs> it's a such a good treasure yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. To wrap it up from my perspective, I, I think we're blessed to be neighbors of Mexico. I think we've got a rich history here in Texas that that has Mexico to thank for much of it. Yeah. You know, you know, with not only the names of most of our cities and towns and counties, but also the great food that we have and just yeah. the language that we speak now. You know, it's English, it's Hispanic, you know, it's Spanish, it's you know, I just think there's so many things. And then not to mention the billions and billions of dollars of commerce that we trade back and forth between Texas particular, not just the U.S., but Texas in particular, with mm-hmm. Mexico back and forth, imports and exports, is extremely valuable. Yep. Yeah. So, I, no, I would agree. I, you know, growing up here, you learn, uh, you know, Kyle and I have laughed about this on previous episodes, mm-hmm. but, you know, we're taught Texas history, you know, over and over again. And, yeah. you know, the stories of, you know, Mexico and the independence and the yeah. wars, and, you no, know, that's, that's all just kind of, you know, yeah, but uh, very it's fascinating stuff. And but then if you overlay the cultural aspect on top of it, I right. agree. You know, it's just yeah. phenomenal. It's, it, it's really, it really is phenomenal to have a neighbor with such a rich, you know, uh, cultural uh, depth to it that we don't have in the states. You yeah, know, I talked about it earlier. That's right. You know, all the ruins that are down there. You know, the oh, stories yeah. of the. I've been reading recently about the the Aztec people mm-hmm. and the Mayan people and kind yeah, of how they're civil. Yeah, it's just amazing, yeah. amazing stuff. And yeah. the way you know a lot of those things kind of bleed into our culture here is just mm-hmm. is just phenomenal. Yeah. So, Very yeah. cool. Okay, hey Carlos, thanks yeah. for being with no, us. No, thanks for the invite. This is awesome. Yeah. All right, y'all. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for everybody. And uh, you want to ask him to give us a, a review or anything this week? Uh, yeah, I think I that'd even, be a good idea. I almost wrote a <laughs> review myself. <laughs> you know, it, it's so lame uh, yeah. because on one of the previous episodes, I said, write us a review. You don't write a review. Well, you, you, you leave a review. You leave a review on iTunes. Well, you kind of have to write it. It's not an but, audible but, thing, but, right? But that term is like, you know, you're going to write it and right. put it in snail mail and, and mail it into Apple. That you know, yeah, it's ridiculous. You leave a review. Yeah. So yeah, look us up. We're on Google Play now, yes. by the way. Nice, I saw nice. that. Yeah, so we're on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, 
and uh, coming soon to a theater near you. So look us up, like us, <laughs> write a review, leave yeah. a review, right. and uh, we'd you. really appreciate it. And thank yeah. you, Zorro. <laughs> yeah, Zorro. Thanks a lot, Carlos. I want to see more Zorro. And and go to Trio Craft Coffee. Yeah. yeah. And what's your uh, Twitter handle? So I have uh, at Carlos the Texican. I love that the yes. Texican. Yeah. Yes. So um, you, there's nothing fun going on there, but you can follow me and uh, more importantly at Trio Craft Coffee. Nice. Yeah. Best coffee in the that's, that's where, planet. That's where we do our thing. Yeah, and we'll Hopefully. give a we'll give a shameless plug for your podcast too. You and Andrew do this podcast. I think it's amazing. I've learned a ton about uh, just coffee and coffee. It's, you know yeah. on extract is what it's called on. Uh, so Extract podcast. Look it up. Yeah. Please do. All right. Thank you all. We'll uh, you. talk to you all soon. Adios. Bye.